Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. You know, you would have the, you know, not talking for a week or two weeks to things are better. We're going to work on this. You know, just had gone through a vicious cycle over probably last the four or five years, you know, of the marriage of those uh, ups and downs in the relationship. And, you know, then all of a sudden it just really, it really came to a point where the decision was, you know, um, you know, it, it, life shouldn't be this hard, <laughs> you know, and I always use that in my mind. It's like, it shouldn't be this hard, worked hard. You know, we have a very good lifestyle. We got three beautiful children. You know, there's a lot to celebrate and a lot of people would love to be in a position where, you know, with the family and everything we've accomplished. So, Welcome to Voices of Celebration. This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real-life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life. Welcome to another episode of Voices of Celebration. I am really excited to have John with me today. He is a client of Journey Beyond Divorce and has been working with my partner, Lisa Brick. John is um, a father to three adult children, and he was the primary earner going through for his family. And welcome, John. Hey, hey Karen. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for your um, willingness to spend some time with me and to talk directly to our listeners about a, a little bit of your journey. No, no problem. It's a pleasure. I wouldn't be here today without y'all. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And so let's just uh, start off. Uh, if you could give our listeners a little bit of context about your situation that led to uh, the dissolution of your marriage and divorce. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously, it's a long story. I was married for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it starts back, if you think back to uh, me and my ex had actually dated for a number of years off and on. Um, actually got married at the young age of 23, uh, with my ex-wife actually being 21. Wow. So if you can think about, <laughs> you know, a lot more today than you knew back then or I knew back then. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think just like a lot of folks may do, and, you know, looking back in the early 90s, as soon as married, you know, along came three kids, you know, very quickly. And so when you look at the time we had together and doing some things, it really started out to be just involved in kids activities, diapers, and just, you know, everything that went on for the next 18 years. And before you know it, the 18 years was gone. Um, and so, you know, I think as you look at the challenges that you end up going through, you know, we, we had a lot of ups, you know, through that period of time. And I think we also had a number of downs, you know, as I think any relationship does. And, you know, I'm always, you know, uh, an optimistic, 
type individual. And I think, you know, my partner was a little bit on the other side uh, when we looked at some things and as we dealt with some issues. So, um, you know, it didn't come with an easy decision. You know, it was probably a number of years in the making, you know, as the kids got older and everything went through. So, you know, finally came to a point where, you know, I would say we really grow apart. You know, our goals, our aspirations outside of the kids uh, really grow apart. So, you know, it's interesting after all of those years, we usually look forward to um, the kids are out of the house. um, They're they're landed on their own. And and that's often a time when uh, married couples think, okay, this is this is our time to reconnect and to enjoy all we've worked for. And so can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you to um, to make a different turn. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's kind of interesting. And I think, you know, analogy I use when the kids were younger, you know, you go through a lot of challenges, and, you know, whether that's, you know, I really have a vision of my, my young son going up the stairs and having to chase him up the stairs. And it was just sort of like, you know, not really having any time for yourself and your relationship really changing with the kids. You really look forward to the day where you're celebrating your kids graduating and, and doing everything. And I think, you know, along that period of time and growing apart, you know, I sort of had a path. I, you know, had a career, um, you know, was successful in a business. And, you know, uh, we just sort of went down different paths. And I think at some point, you know, there's probably a number of points in the latter part of the marriage where it was just, you know, life shouldn't be this hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we worked hard and, you know, this is the point we look forward to celebrating together. And so. So are you saying that there was, um, am I hearing that there was more conflict toward the tail end of the marriage? I think there definitely was more conflict. And I think, you know, with conflict also came the fact that, you know, uh, I would tend to avoid conflict a little bit. And so, you know, over a period of time, there would come a point where, you know, you just, I don't want to say gave up, but it was just a question of, you know, why continue to have the same conversations that you've had over a number of years. And right. so the conflict sort of started into a separation of, you know, is what it is. <laughs> and you know? the way you're describing it, it sounds like it was mutual. Am I, am I reading that correctly? I think there are a lot of discussions over the last couple of years, you know, in certain challenges, whether that be different fights and everything. And I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was mutual. I think we had discussions about it being mutual, but I think the point was, you know, you know, I had tried to do everything and saying, let's go to counseling, you know, let's try and work through this. And I think at some point um, my ex sort of just shut down and, you know, and I think part of it had to do with, you know, I use the word accountability a lot. And when you look at certain actions and I by no means and perfect and you know not saying I didn't do anything in the marriage or I couldn't have done anything better I think the question was I was always like well, let's work through this together what do we need to do and trying to push forward and, you know it, it came to the point that even myself I was going to you know what was supposed to be a joint marriage counseling session where my ex would just say I'm not going you know and because I think facing that conflict you know um, the accountability wasn't there on both sides or you know I'd say more on her side, but, you know, everybody has their own stories when you look at things. So Right. And 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 yet what I'm hearing, because I think a lot of listeners would resonate with this, is often in 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 marriages that are falling apart. My pastor once said, 
you know, forgiveness takes one person, reconcilia reconciliation takes two. And so when one party in the marriage wants to roll up their sleeves and go to counseling and really kind of try to fix things uh, and the other one doesn't, there's not too much that you can do to reconcile. Right. And that's where I think it started to just hit, hit those points on numerous occasions. You know, you would have the, you know, not talking for a week or two weeks to things are better. We're going to work on this. You know, just had gone through a vicious cycle over probably last the four or five years, you know, of the marriage of those uh, ups and downs in the relationship. And, you know, then all of a sudden it just really, it really came to a point where the decision was, you know, um, you know, it, it, life shouldn't be this hard, <laughs> you know, and I always use that in my mind. It's like, it shouldn't be this hard, we worked hard. You know, we have a very good lifestyle. We got three beautiful children. You know, there's a lot to celebrate and a lot of people would love to be in a position where, you know, right. with the family and everything we've accomplished. So, right. So you've got the kids, you've got the financial stability, but you didn't have the emotional enjoyment, the connection and the support of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things I view is that, um, you know, my ex actually had stayed home and raised the kids and I was always, you know, supportive and, you know, emotionally supportive of, you know, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in without her. Right. And I think vice versa, you know, so we were already always coaching each other up. But I think it came to a point where it was um, almost a little sense of jealousy based upon whether that's a success or, you know, where she was at you know, based upon what I was able to accomplish. And, you know, I had always provided the accolades on everything that she did, right. you know, in supporting the family, but I just don't know if that was enough. Yeah. And I'm hearing maybe beneath that was um, that she, um, that she was unfulfilled in her position and, um, and that that was part of what was coming out in the conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. That's fine. So, you know, entering, so, so you made the decision to divorce. Am I, am I getting I did. that right? Okay. I did. Um, what were, you know, the people listening, it's like, there's, it's such an uncertain time that you're stepping into. What would you say were your top few greatest fears or concerns as you, as you entered the process? You know, as I, you know, I always had a view of, um, you know, I'll go back to accountability and, and just certain actions. And I think, you know, in the relationship, it became confrontational anytime I would voice my opinion, you mm -hmm. know, if that makes sense. So just even in little things, you know, even, you know, I'll, I use an example, if we're driving down the street and we're going to the grocery store and she would say, make a left and I would make a left. And she'd say, what are you doing? You're going the wrong way. You know, as if I did something wrong, you know, I didn't know where I was at. And so I think I just used that little analogy. And I think part of it, became, she's like, well, you knew what I meant. Go right. And it became sort of a joke. But I think if you can picture in everyday activities and oh, everything. Absolutely. Is going, yeah. So it, it sort of became a joke. But I think the biggest thing for me was the uncertainty of, in my mind, am I the crazy one? <laughs> you know, not that that she was crazy, but just, am I doing something wrong? What could I do better? And so there was always that uncertainty and, you know, probably a, you know, a, um, 
you know, unaware, unaware if I was the one that was having the challenge. Almost am I. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm so glad that you voiced that because I think that um, so often, and you know, we just finished a series on high conflict divorce, and so often when you're in a relationship with somebody who doesn't necessarily own their responsibility in things, and also that appears so certain that they're so often right, that that the partner of that person has a tendency to slip into self-doubt and to like, if they're so certain, could it be that that my way of looking at things is really that askew? And, and that is its own um, struggle that the individuals go through. And that's what I'm hearing is that you were in this in this um, self-doubt of, you know, am, am I the one who is askew in my perspective? Am I the one who, to your words, right, is crazy? I remember asking myself the same thing because my ex was so certain that he was always right and I felt open-minded and I was like, okay, I guess I should look at that. But how many times do you look at that over how many years before, right. um, before you start saying, okay, there's a pattern here. Yeah. And I would say that's definitely something that, that was noticed was a pattern of, you know, continuous, you know, and, you know, there was work events and, you know, I, I was running a fairly large company and, you know, there'd be work events where it was just like, well, do I have to go? And, you know, just the whole support component of, well, absolutely you need to go or not need to go, but, you know, yes, I would like to have you there as my spouse. Right. And, you know, just the question of, well, we got this, we got that. And I probably let it go a little more when the kids were younger, just because we were living in a state. We didn't necessarily have family nearby. Um, but, you know, as we got older, the kids were self-sufficient. So there was no reason for you not to go as, as a partner and a spouse and just as you see other relationships. So I think that there was that gap that existed. Um, so so when I ask you, like, what were your concerns going into the divorce. To me, I think you're, I hear you saying that that was one of the issues that led to the divorce. But as you like made the decision to divorce, like typically people begin to fear the unknown of the future because it's so unknown and uncertain. So for you, what were the things, if there were any, that, that really, um, kind of threw you off that raised some discomfort or fear in you? Well, I, I think, you know, first and foremost um, was the kids, you know, just, you know, when you look and, you know, obviously, did, you know, kids were older and self-sufficient, but the question was always came, my daughter was just about to graduate high school or my youngest daughter was just about to graduate high school. So obviously she was driving, you know, really didn't want anything to do with us. You know, when you think about how a, how a teenage senior in high school is. Um, but I think the question was, how would the kids view it? You know, and, and just walking through, that was the biggest fear. But then the other fear was, and I probably the biggest fear, am I making the right decision? You know, am I the crazy one? And that's probably not necessarily the right word to use, but it's just a question of self-doubt. You know, am I making the right decision? You know, can we work through this? But then I also looked back and just like, well, I've tried to work through it. I don't know what more I could do because I felt like I was trying to fix something myself. Right. 
Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy to digest guide with five essential tips that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. And how did you find Journey Beyond Divorce? Um, so it's actually kind of interesting. Um, my spouse and I had traveled a lot. And, you know, I'm always one to seek and read books and, you know, read articles of just, you know, just trying to, you know, I don't know if it's, um, but just trying to become more aware and educate myself. So we were actually on a trip in, uh, in an island and we got in some stupid spat over, I don't even remember what. And I was just like, you know, she's like, I'm getting on a plane, I'm going home. And I'm like, really, how's that going to happen? You know, what's that going to do? And then. You know, I had gone through and said, well, let's go to dinner. And that night, she's just like, I'm going to bed. And so I'm like, well, you know what? Typically, I would be the one to be there and say, no, it's okay. Let's work through it. And I'm like, you know what? I'll go to dinner myself. You know, we're in a beautiful island. You know, we're here. We worked hard to come here. Um, so I remember waking up that morning and saying, you know, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go for a walk on the beach with a cup of coffee. You want to come? And she wouldn't come. So I remember sitting on, um, you know, the beach. 6 a.m. Sun's coming up, and I had downloaded uh, a Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, <laughs> and I was actually listening to it. it was, I don't remember the exact topic or the podcast or anything I downloaded, but it's sort of, you know, whatever the article or the podcast was about at that time, it, it resonated fully in the fact that you know um, there's support there, and you know, having gone through a number of years of self doubt, I was just you know had made the decision. So I'll say that trip was in you know, mid-July and, you know, I, I had made a decision and actually had moved out of the house 30 days later. So um, once you decide, you're pretty quick, huh? Like you waited a long time to decide, I'm hearing, but. Yeah. And is that pretty much how you are? It's like, you'll, you'll weigh everything, but then once you decide, you're like clickety clicked. Uh, I, I would say that there was probably a number of periods that led up to that over a year or two prior. Right. Where I'd almost I was on the edge, on the edge, on the edge, and didn't, and that right. that sort of became the because uh, um, I had just previously retired about a year and a half or two years before that. Right. So and now it's time. Okay, let's travel. Let's do this. And you know, here I find, you know, in an island that anybody would die to be at, and you know, here I am by myself again on another trip on the beach right. by myself. So. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, you, you heard Journey Beyond Divorce, you heard one of our podcasts. What, what, um, what inspired you to reach out for support? Well, you know, obviously I have a network of friends and family, but I think there's only so much I could talk to friends and family about. Right. And so, you know, I think it was the initial, initial discussion I had with Lisa, which, you know, helped me sort of start to see the light on what the support as well as, you know, all the unknown factors that I didn't know what I was going to face. Right. You know, and I, and I think through the, the journey with Lisa, you know, the, 
I knew there would be a lot of challenges and a lot of emotions that would come up over the period of time. You know, just just knowing all the factors, all the decisions, everything that had to be made and, you know, trying to control my emotions because one of the things was, you know, keeping myself in balance for the kids and the relationship for everything that's there. If I'm, if I'm going to make this decision, it's probably not going to be an easy one. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, I have no idea what's going to occur a week from now or six months from now. Um, but, you know, I knew that there would be decisions and challenges and, you know, looking for the emotional support. So, um, you know, it started with an initial session of, um, you know, here's where I'm at, you know, here's where everything's at. And then, you know, that rolled to an action plan for me to sort of, okay, well, let's look at this, let's look at that. And then, you know, in the next session, you know, just sort of going through, you know, the road because it really is a road. Yeah. 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 Somebody had, uh, told me in, uh, I think it was an article or, or somewhere that for every five years of marriage, it takes you about a year to <laughs> a year to get over every five years of marriage. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, all right, well, I was married 25 years. You know, I can't be on this roller coaster for the next five years or not that I can't, but that's a long, that's a long way. And here I am four years later <laughs> and it sort of does take that long. And it sort of did take that long. You know, There's a lot I, of disentangling that happens yeah. um, if if you are doing the work. It, it it could take much much longer if you're just um, stuck yeah. in resentment or um, or resistance. Yeah. Yeah. So so you reached out. Uh, you were getting, as I'm hearing you say, emotional support to stay centered. Um, to get clear on what was really going on and some practical support because it's such a foreign land. Um, You know, John, could you share with us maybe um, what, what, looking back now, because you're what, a couple of years post-divorce now, is that correct? Uh, Three and a half. Three and a half years post-divorce. What would you say were... um, what was the silver lining for you in terms of your personal growth? Because you're clearly an information junkie and you're always trying to like work on yourself. So what would you say uh, were some of the areas that you felt you grew the most in through the coaching and the process of divorce? You know, I, I would say the relationship with my kids, you know, was, was important to me. Obviously, it's the most important thing to me was and will always be. Um, and I think just trying to understand their emotions and, you know, going through the divorce, I felt like I was on an island. You know, the kids are confused, you know, not that they didn't see it coming because obviously they're adult children, but the, um, I think the silver lining for me was to understand and not lean on my kids for support, you know, cause I would always, you know, I'd want my kids to go, I get it, dad. You know, that's okay. You know, and, uh, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, for my own egotistical purposes or just, just looking for validation Mm -hmm. that, okay, you know, we've, we've experienced everything going on. Um, And so, you know, trying to have those discussions with my kids and realizing that they were also hurt. So they weren't the ones that I should be leaning on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was pretty important, but then also dealing with how to digest certain emotions and, you know, is that I tried to put logic into certain situations that would occur, um, just realizing that, you know, I can't put, 
I can't expect other people to react any differently based upon the relationship I had for so many years. Right. And, you know, as illogical as it may seem, and, you know, other people may, may have seen my actions as illogical as well. But I think the question was just staying balanced. Right. And, you know, they say the, uh, uh, what's the saying? You know, the impetus of crazy is, you know, continuing to do the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So, right. you know. And that's, that's also, so that's, that's such an important point that you bring up because one of the key areas we coach around is that people will be in resistance. Like I'm divorcing my spouse for these reasons. And so now that we're going through divorce, maybe he or she will show up differently. And, and yet they're not, they're going to just keep, unless they're doing their own work, in which case <clears throat> you probably wouldn't be going down this path um, most of the time anyway. Um, yeah, and so that acceptance that that your spouse behaves as she behaves, um, and that's not changing, um, is part of what I'm hearing you say. That to just to just get clear on um, that is what it is, and and wishing that it would be different isn't going to make it different. Yeah, and I would say just you know I'm not sure if every divorce follows the same path, but I think you know looking at. I, I had made a decision to leave the house right away. You know, obviously the divorce and, you know, everything took another nine, 10 months to be finalized. And so there was that period of time while I was speaking with Lisa and coaching that, you know, I started to realize that we were, you know, I think we had gone to account, you know, a couple different counselors together just saying, okay, are we really going to do this? You know, you just, we had that sort of period of time. And I think one of the, I'll call it a light bulb that went off was, you know, starting to see that I'm expecting a different result. And I've been there and the only person I could be responsible for changing is myself right. versus looking at, you know, somebody else that, you know, I'm not going to be able to change somebody else. Right. So that, that was, you know, instrumental and in just, you know, I, providing strength, I guess, through that process. Yeah. And I think it's also very empowering because it's very disempowering to try and change somebody else and then not be very good at it. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> um, and, you know, you mentioned something earlier, if I could poke around, you said something, you, you said two things. One is that you often felt criticized. Um, and you also said you were conflict avoidant. And I'm wondering how did going through the divorce process and coaching with Lisa, did it have any impact on your conflict avoidance? Were you, was that something that you were able to work through at all? Uh, absolutely. Um, because I think being conflict avoidant, um, all that did was sweep stuff under the rug over the years. You know, so, you know, I think together in our relationship, you know, if each little tidbit was addressed at the time. Um, you know, I don't think it would have got to the point of whatever little fight happened on the beach, yeah. right? Or, you know, whatever, it, it would have been completely insignificant and would not have mattered because it would have been addressed at the time. So um, I... <laughs> And how would you say that was for you? Because like someone who's conflict avoidant, there's usually a tremendous discomfort and fear around rocking the boat or disturbing the peace. I mean, that's typically what we hear. So how was that for you? If I could kind of get a little under the covers there for you to work through that. And, and I'm assuming to start 
um, voicing your speaking your truth? I think it really had, you know, I think just having, having through that, I think having the confidence of, I, I think having, having the confidence that, you know, I may not always be right, but this is how I feel. And also respecting other people's opinions and talking through it at an inst at, at the time something occurs, right. you know, is, is the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, so walking through that previously, you know, it obviously didn't help, <laughs> you right. know, not, not addressing the certain issues. And so I think having the confidence to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm accountable for what I did or if I did something and vice versa. And just having being able to have a dialogue and wanting that and a partner, quite honestly. And and for you to push through that discomfort, um, what role did your coach as a sounding board have in you building that confidence? I would, you know, it's kind of funny because Lisa would tell me on occasion, you know, as, as I would talk, she'd say, okay, hang on a second. Think about what you just said. You know, and, you know, I had a lot in my dialogue and I guess that's something she would pick up that says, well, you know, why doesn't she understand this? Why doesn't she understand that? And just, you know, providing a perspective that, okay, well, that's my view, you know, that's not necessarily her view. So I think just talking through the scenarios, you know, having worked with Lisa for a number of years, as numerous things came up, which they did, and in our dialogue, that sort of helped me to go, hmm, okay, let me think about that. Mm -hmm. And it helped change my perspective where I'm at today on the dialogue and everything I have with people going forward. Beautiful. Just, no. Beautiful. Um, so, and, and you had shared with me when we spoke last time, um, just a, an experience of kind of finding your voice and, and speaking speaking your truth um, with your ex. And I think it was around your daughter and the house and something that was really kind of in a protective way for your, or, or a supportive way for your daughter. And that that was very different. Can you just share a little bit about that story? Because I think that really encapsulated what we were just talking about. Yeah, I think, um, you know, specifically, you know, through the divorce, you know, having a household, you know, as important to me as my daughter was going through high school, you know, that we disrupt as minimal as possible. You know, obviously a divorce in the family was going to be um, hard on everybody. Um, so I had made arrangements for uh, my daughter to stay in the house with my ex-wife. And, you know, walking through that, that was very important to me. And, and I think through the exercise, you know, I had expected her to I'll say do the right thing or, you know, make sure that my daughter was taken care of. And, you know, post the divorce two or three months later after I, I would say with, you know, our divorce happened pretty quick. You know, after I left the house, we were probably finalized in eight or nine months, which given 25 years of marriage and all the untangling, you know, I was actually the one who, you know, I don't want to say made it easy, but, you know, wanted to make it a smooth transition, you know, Here's where we are and want the kids. And so I think it was just difficult to look at, you know, how my spouse, I, I don't want to say, you know, I, I will say this probably didn't necessarily appreciate or understand, you know, 
how easy, you know, I made, I went through the whole process. Uh, and then some of the decisions she made were pretty tough, you know, were probably much tougher on my kids than they needed to be. Decisions she made about the, the marital home that she was in post-divorce. Yeah. 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 And, and you actually found your voice and, and shared your concerns with her, didn't you? I did. I did. And you know, what was kind of interesting through the coaching is, you know, at one point, you know, probably two or three months after the divorce, I had said, based upon some activities I had heard, uh, I said, you know, this is crazy. You know, I'm just sort of like, what is she doing? So I had gone to the house and understanding prior behaviors, you know, uh, I had pulled in the driveway and I said, you know what, I'm probably not going to go make, you know, one of the things that needed to be just said, you know, needed to say some things. And so I had stopped in the driveway and I asked the neighbor to come over with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, Bob, you know, can you just, you know, cause I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to make my statement and just say, can you stop doing this? It's hurting the kids. And, uh, he's like, don't do that. Sort of tried to calm me down. And then she had come over and said, uh, what's going on. So I had made my statements and, you know, said what I had to say, you know, we, we just got divorced, you know, let's make it easier on the kids. Uh, and she had left and, you know, had come to find out a couple months later. So no confrontation, no loud voices, no anything. I just, you know what, we went through this stuff on everybody. And, you know, one of the scenarios I had come to find out is her perspective of what had happened is that I had come to the house and I was a rant and raving maniac up and down the streets. And so part of me was, and so here's how I think coaching helped me because I had heard that maybe six months later and it didn't surprise me based on different activities. And, you know, as I heard that my initial reaction, because it was so illogical to me would be to go confront her with that again. Why are you saying this happened? Why, you know, that's not the way that happened. You know, there's witnesses (laughs) on just, and so I think through coaching, it helped me to understand that all that was going to do would create the additional conflict and, you know, have me looking like the bad guy. Because I think part of it was that there needed to be no bad guy in the scenario in my, in my perspective. Yeah. It was just a question of, you know, my voice is entitled to be heard. And yeah. I think look, looking back to the conflict avoidance, I didn't always think my voice deserved to be heard. Yeah. And so, you know, having talked through it and so just letting those types of things go, I think was very, you know, it instilled the confidence back in me yeah. that, you know. And that's what I want. That's what I was looking to hear you say. And so, you know, so often when we speak our voice, it's not to control or even impact what the other person's going to do. Great if it's an, if it has a positive impact, but sometimes, and especially when you're coming out of a marriage where maybe you swallowed your voice too often, um, simply standing in your truth and speaking it is really powerful for the person who's healing and, and moving on from a relationship that didn't work for them. Right. And I think also not expecting and not expecting a different reaction, you know, not really, you know, I don't want the end result was, but, you know, just being able to stand there and say, well, you know, this is how it is. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like no surprise what happened. And, and you weren't, when there's a saying that I share a lot, which is when we're, accepting and expecting of how someone shows up 
we're not so triggered. So it's like, okay, so, so your perspective was once again, very different than mine. Um, no surprise. Uh, right. And you weren't trying to change the outcome, even if your desire might've been that she behaved differently with the kids or the house. So you were able to just do that. And that's, that's beautiful because just being able to speak your voice when you've been swallowing it for a long time is really great and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that was the, uh, yeah. And so it goes back to the confidence that just being able to work through all those scenarios has really helped me, um, you know, be, be a stronger individual, be a stronger individual for my kids, uh, and, you know, current relationships in them. So that which the great that last half of your sentence, because I was going to say, OK, so now you're a couple of years post divorce. How are you doing? How are you doing and how do you feel the the support of coaching helped you get to where you are? Um, <clears throat> well, I could say that, you know, having been back out in the dating world, <laughs> you know, I think that. um you know, just through, you know, having been on a number of dates and in a couple different relationships for short periods of time, you know, I think that I started or recognized, I started to go back to sort of old patterns mm. with conflict avoidance, you know, just having been in a relationship for 25 years, whatever the issue was. Um, so that's made me much stronger in order to identify and, you know, have a voice, you know, of just, you know, and, and probably really get a better understanding of what what I'm looking for in a partner, you know, and not, you know, attractiveness, beauties only so far and, and everything that's out there. So I think that's part of, you know, being able to recognize and really having that true friend and true partner that I yearn for. And so I think recognizing that and having a perspective of what I'm looking for uh, has been extremely helpful. Beautiful. And you are so child centered in your approach. Um, how is your relationship with your children post-divorce? Um, it's probably the strongest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my one son had just got married about a year ago. Um, so my, you know, my relationship with my kids is very strong and so much so that now three and a half years in, you know, we've had a number of discussions that I probably wanted to have three years ago and they weren't ready. And so it just, it just took the time. Yes. And I think one of the things I learned in, in working together with Lisa is, you know, just to give it time, not to lean on them for support, right. but, you know, let them see by your actions and certain things that you do right. on how that works. And, you know, so it, it's come back and it's the strongest it's ever been. So. Oh, it's beautiful. It's great. So before we wrap up, John, this is your opportunity to just speak directly to our listeners um, and perhaps even especially the men, because as I spoke to you, you know, about 30 percent of the, the clients that we get to work on one on one are men. And um, just any words of encouragement um, or inspiration that you would like to leave them with grow, things that you learned, whatever. Yeah, I was. I would say, um, you know, there's obviously I can go on for another 30 minutes, probably, and just you know, walking through my journey over the last three and a half years. But you know, I would say, do you want to cut for one second? This just died. Sorry. Okay. I I would say the biggest thing is over the last three and a half years, 
you know, I could sit here for another 20 minutes and go, <laughs> you know, walk through the whole story. But one of the things I would say, what I had never expected was it to take a period of time, you know, or take as long a period of time for me to just go through everything that needed to occur. But, you know, I would say that, you know, 25 years for me was a long time and there was a lot of issues, you know, that had come up, you know, there was families on both sides, there was events, there was weddings, there was, there were certain activities um, to sort of work through. So I would say that the biggest thing that helped me with Journey Beyond Divorce was that continuous support to help me become a stronger individual as I approach certain issues, you know, so I, I didn't go into it with an expectation that one session is going to, you know, give me all the answers that I needed because I would have one session about something. And then two weeks later, you know, it was like, all right, this is what happened. And even creating that relationship with, with Lisa, you know, wouldn't be odd for her to get a text from me on a Friday night says, can you believe this? You know, so it was a voice for me to, you know, one, somebody who understood the situation was completely removed from the situation, but I think inserted logic on what my expectations were and how I could work to, and, you know, what I should, what I should or could do differently in a relationship to look at it or look at a situation and look at it a little bit differently. Um, so. And last, last, uh, any last pearls for our listeners before we say goodbye? Um, the only thing I would say is be strong. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, if, if you understand who you are, you know, I think everybody deserves, you know, what they um, deserves to have what they want. And I think that as you look at, um, you know, as you're going through the process, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think each day, you know, I wake up stronger and, you know, I was in a completely different place a year ago, two years ago, and even today than I was six months ago. So I, I think it's just a process and it's a learning, um, you know, just hang in there. Yeah. 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 It is a journey, isn't it? It, it is. Um, John, thank you so much for sharing your time, for sharing your story. And I, I know it's going to encourage many. And so we just we just really appreciate you, um, your willingness to, to have this conversation. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate it. And I wouldn't be here today if I wasn't for y'all. So really appreciate that. Our, our deep pleasure. And for those of you listening, stay tuned. We'll have another episode of Voices of Celebration coming up soon. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.